Welcome to the How Soccer Explains Leadership Podcast, where we explore leadership principles through the lens of the beautiful game. Welcome back to How Soccer Explains Leadership. Thank you so much for being a part of this show. Thank you for just really being able to be part of this conversation. Paul Jobson and I absolutely love getting to do what we do. And, uh, you know, the interview that I get to do is no exception. This is a guy that I met on Clubhouse last year, really just talking about how Ted Lasso explains leadership. And it was just a fun thing that we threw out there. And this dude from Manchester, England shows up on Clubhouse and we end up just hitting it off and having a blast together. So finally, I'm getting him to be able to have a conversation with us. So today, I have Phil Smith with me, and Phil is vice chairman and owner of Osset United. It's in the sixth division of the English Pyramid. If you don't know what the English Pyramid is, just Google it. Check it out. Sixth division's pretty darn high. He's the super proud father of a super cute little girl. He owns, actually owns rights to Nerf. How cool is that? All the balls that we've been playing with for my entire childhood in UK, Europe, and Middle East. And he's a management consultant, a whole lot more. I mean, I'd go for a full hour just giving this dude's bio. So, Phil Smith, how are you doing, man? Good, good. This is early for you, but but it's the end of my day. Um, I've I've done a full day. I've walked the dog. I'm I'm, I'm dressed in my dog walking uniform and and here we are sat in my kitchen you made it out like like we're friends there I, I don't remember agreeing to that well you know i just do stuff like that on this show and you know because i can edit out anything right so <laughs> if I, just that part where you said that i just i just want to make it known that like i know you and you know me so it's one well, of those things you know let's fake it let's fake it oh phil phil listen i i, I couldn't live without you man couldn't live yeah. without you Thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. You know, see, folks, if you didn't know already, like I know people. So that's that's why I do this. So that's why we're able to do this is because we go way, way, way back. Anyway, speaking of way back, we've had some good conversations about kind of a crazy story. You you know, this this half of the season, we've been able to share some really cool stories from people and, and yours is no exception, kind of how you got to be where you are today. We throw out different things that you're doing, but your your childhood going into college and after college, first few years, there's some pretty cool things. Can you just share that story with our audience? So I was very fortunate to to be offered a scholarship to play soccer over in New York on Long Island, a sort of a chance of a lifetime, really. Two of us were, were offered this opportunity and the other guy never got on the plane and never never told me or anything. Never, it just landed on the other side of the uh, of the pond looking for the guy and he, he never he was never there. So into the into the breach on my own, I went and, uh, and you know what, uh, an unbelievable experience playing soccer. Way back in the day when, you know, if you had an English accent, you must be the best soccer player in the world. Before any real exposure of, of Brits and, and any real serious development of, of US soccer was, was put in, I was lucky enough to be there as that started and, and, and as they started taking soccer a lot more seriously and, and, and the investment, which is, is always needed, went into grassroots development, went into facilities. Uh, and I think the Americans are great at that. Americans are great at saying right let's let's push this sport let, 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 let's push the kids and push the push the coaches and let's let's see what we've got and i think that's been very very prevalent in the women's game over the past 20 years uh, you've seen a rapid growth in in the in the women's soccer program and and the men's also so mm-hmm. for me very very privileged to witness the birth of that sort of boom for US soccer, Sunhill Galati, who I, who I know very, really well, and, and the guys over at MLS have, have really helped drive US soccer. But it'll always be about grassroots. It'll always be about get, getting involved at that lower level and, and inspiring kids and showing them the love of sport. And, and as always, some will stay and some will go, and hopefully the good ones stay and, and off, off we go. So I was very pr- privileged to, to play soccer in the US. My lecturer at, at college was an English guy who also was commercial advisor and, and on the board at the New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's quite funny. He was from Burton-on-Trent, which is nowhere near where I live, but, but obviously we're English. So mm-hmm. he and I, the only English people at, at the school, were, were, were overnight buddies. And he took a bit of a liking to me. He liked to talk about tea or the Queen or right. you know cricket, and and he got his English fix from me. He'd what about crumpets? Ago. Did he talk about yeah, crumpets? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. You can't, can't live without them. Much, yeah. much like I can't live without your advice and friendship. 
Crumpets <laughs> is second on the list. I might even have some over there somewhere. But anyway, yeah. so yeah. I, I um, it's, it's quite fortunate. American education system was tested strongly because we would have a game, let's say, away at Florida, and, and he'd, he'd come over and say, where are you playing this weekend? I'd say, oh, yeah, we're, we're down in Florida. And, he's, and he'd say, great, okay. And then he'd hand out the homework, and he'd go down the line, and he wouldn't put any on my desk. And everybody else has got homework, and I don't have any to do. <laughs> and I'd come back, and we'd be at the class on Monday. You'd, everyone had hand their homework in. I have nothing to hand in. And then on Wednesday or Thursday, he would hand the homework back, and I would get a piece of paper with like a C plus on it. <laughs> And I and I would get this average grade every single time, but I didn't do it. I didn't do any homework. Um, had I done it, by the way, I'd have got more than a C plus. Yeah, right, that. right. But but they let me focus on on playing soccer, and, and it was a great program. Loved it. He then offered me an internship, which I didn't know meant work for free. Uh-huh. Uh, I found out very quickly. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I worked with him. Worked with him at the stadium for, for quite some. And I wanted to. I, I was studying to be a sports agent. Do you remember the film Jerry Maguire with Tom Cruise? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's that was my inspiration. I wanted to be a, a, a sports agent, and I, I I studied it and met a load of great guys in in that field and wanted to follow them. But when I when I went with with my lecturer and started understanding sports, commercial sports business, and how how that whole wheel works and you know, the revenue they need to generate to just keep alive, you know, to the, to the fan and to the outside world, it's all glitz and glamour and bright lights and, and, and sports. But behind the scenes, there's a hell of a lot goes on to, to make that wheel turn. You know, and a lot of the cash for a lot of sports clubs is out on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the facilities are a little bit tired. The, the systems aren't the best. The, the, the staff don't get paid as much because all the fundamental cash is, is, is on the field. No matter what sport that is, that seems to be synonymous with, with major sport. And so I, it was really good working with Ford Motors, working with Nike, working with the Champion Sports, working with NBC, working with Fox Sport, and, and really driving commercial revenue for, for Yankee Stadium. And I fell in love with it. I, I totally fell in love with, with how how to do that. I mean, listen, when you're working with, with teams like Yankees and, and another team I'll mention later on, it's incoming. You don't have, you don't have to go begging too much. Right. Right. But, but you still got to deal with it and, and, mm-hmm. and the best path to take. And how do we, how do we generate maximum revenue from each and every deal? I fell in love with it, whether it was dealing with grass seeds, floodlights, beer, seat, seat coverings, whatever it was, it was a commercial deal and it was there to be had. And, and I got I got involved in it. From there, I actually went and worked for Nike for a year and look, looked at new product development, any new product that was being launched in, in the States. They, Nike had a program long before social media, long before social media. It's funny how, how short a space of time social media has been with us. And yet we feel like we're all experts and it's been along forever but the only way of knowing if you sold a product well enough for nike at that time we're talking 2004 at that time was if a shop in manhattan reordered a second batch of a product (laughs) that was the only data the only way to understand if you'd done well and there was a game i I always tell this story i quite enjoy i dine out on this story sometimes there was a game i don't know if i told you the story there was a game between the new york yankees and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. And I had one cap, this new baseball cap. It was this green and yellow Brazilian type design looking cap. It, uh, the, the, the brand was called Yoga Benito, which was Play Beautiful in, in, uh, in Brazilian. Portuguese. 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 I had one cap and the cap is on Derek Jeter's head. And he's been interviewed by uh, NBC. And he's talking away and I managed to get my product on Derek's. And obviously I, I knew I knew them, so it was easy to, to, mm-hmm. to do that deal. He's wearing the cap, he's talking. And then I realized that with, with this hat being Portuguese and a Brazilian type brand to my right, about to go on Latino sports TV was Jorge Posada. Mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking... <laughs> I'm gonna get more. I'm gonna get more traction on Jorge's head than I am on Jeter's head. He's he's Brooklyn Italian, right? Right. A great market. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I think I think I need the hat on this guy's head. And there's a footage on YouTube somewhere of Derek Jeter being interviewed, and somebody just grabs the hat off his head. 
No right? way. And that's me because I needed that hat on Jorge Posada's head. Of course. So of course. The, the, I'll find that footage and send it. It's quite funny. So, yeah, that's so that, I did that job for a year. Uh, I loved it. And then I moved back. Hey, to, go back to the Yankees when you went into the Cashman's office. Never, never, ever. <laughs> the woman he never looked at me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If he watches this, he's going to send me a very stern email. <laughs> but yeah, so, so my, my lecturer had a year off a sabbatical to write a book and he he recommended that i stay on look after the, the portfolio that we were looking after but he'd be a phone call away on long island if i needed him and, and, he, and he you was. were like 23 or something right yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, 2004 2003 yeah 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 Just fresh fresh face yeah. wet behind the ears and everything and and he, he wanted to write a book. He wrote a very successful book. Great, great book. And he had a year off to do it. And we had a bat phone in the office. Pick up the phone and didn't even dial a number. And it rang it rang his house. And he was out on Long Island in, in Southampton, I believe. He lived on Long Island. And, um, and it was, he would be there and say, oh, Phil, listen, just do this, just do that. No problem. But the day-to-day work, I was, I was doing and enjoying. I, my dog just saying hello. I'm just, just as I'm talking to you, yeah. just nudging my That's arm. Right. So, so he said, listen, I've got an idea. I'm going to run it. I'm going to run it by the big chief. So we walked down this long corridor and into the biggest office in, in the whole stadium, which is un- an unbelievable. You see, you see these offices. Hello, there you go. Yeah, you, there see, is. you see these unbelievable offices on, unlike Jerry Maguire or, uh-huh. or, or, or Trading Day with Kevin Costner and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. And they've got the trophies everywhere and they've got the basketballs and the baseballs and everything's not going. It's the same, the same. And he's at the far end of the office and he's, and he's writing, he's, he's, he's writing or reading a book, forgive me, one or the other. He's, he's got his head down and, 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 and <laughs> we were at the door and my colleague says, I've got it. You know, I'm having a, you know, I'm having a year off. And, and Cashman says, yeah, yep, yeah, I'm aware of that. And he said, well, I've got an idea how, how we can carry on moving things forward in the commercial department. Um, I, I suggest that Phil stays on. I'd rather be in an internship. We, we obviously, we pay, we pay him and, I'll just be on Long Island as a mentor. You won't even notice any difference. And he didn't even look up at me or, or at all. And he just went, okay, make it happen. And, and, and I kind of just went, I just got a job at the Yankees. <laughs> I just went, thank you. <laughs> and, and, and he went, mm-hmm. <laughs> so didn't look. Didn't even didn't look at you. Didn't any words, <laughs> right? There was a job. Got a job. So I didn't even know who you were. He didn't know what you looked like. You could have would yeah. walk past me. Would walk past me in a corridor, and I'd be like, "Hey, and, <laughs> okay, listen, great, great guy, visionary, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, solid, solid career." Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, that's no, funny. No, lot, his brain was on a different frequency to mine. Absolutely, <laughs> he trusted his people apparently. So that was listen, good. Best, best interview I ever had. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So that so, was great. Right, go back, go back go to where you were. So sorry. And, I, just and I, love, I love that. And, and then I went to Nike and then I ended up moving back to the UK 2006. Yeah. Um, and not everyone knows this. And I'm going to do a little bit of an exclusive, a little bit of a, a, a show you behind the wizard's curtain. Back in 2006, Manchester United, Ferrari and the New York Yankees had a a sharing business it was a financial company that they all had shares in and they would be able to lend and borrow cash against that against that fund whether it be dollar euro or pound and you know depending on the market uh, there would be a fluctuation in dollars then they all of a sudden it'd be shifted into euros mm-hmm. and it was a healthy trading account to help those three people. and they bar- they borrowed against it at an agreed rate guy that managed that fund who works for uh, the Glazer family at Red Football out of Tampa called me and said, when you get back to the UK, I want you to go and meet a guy who co-founded the Muppets with Jim Henson (laughs) and then took the Cirque du Soleil from being a street act to being 30, 30 shows a night anywhere in the world extravaganza. He's now working for the Glazer family and he's running uh, Manchester United's business uh, Man United split into two. There's Man United Football Club and, and Manchester United Limited, which is the business. Yeah. And he's running the limited side. David Gill's running the, the football side. So I said, oh, why not? Yeah, I'd love to meet that guy. 
long story short, I, I, I meet the guy and, and, and I get a job at Man United, a, a, a cool job called the Client Relationship Executive, look after renewal of hospitalities, uh, big spenders at the club, making sure we retain revenue. Again, same, same conversation from, from previous. There's so much goes on to retain revenue, incoming money, sponsorship yeah. money, corporate hospitality, whatever. There was one lady who donated £300,000 per year to the club in order for her two sons to attend one game and sit in the director's box once a season. And she would she would give £300,000 just for them to have the privilege of doing that. And we would pick these two kids up from the airport. Two, one of them, one of them, not even a... So you're looking forward to the game? No, whatever, not bothered. And we'd take these two kids to the ground and we'd show them around and we'd treat them like royalty. And, and they wouldn't eat the food in the, in the, the, the five-star chef had made this amazing food. They, they, they wanted Big Macs. Of course. So you have to send someone out for Big yeah. Mac. And they'd sit at the table. Everybody else is eating with silver, mm-hmm. silver service. And these two kids were eating Big Macs in the director's house. But I did, that's what we did. We retained revenue and, and we made sure that those clients got what, you know, what they needed within, within the realms of reality. So uh, it was, was a great job. I love United. Hey, stayed there for quite some time. Go back to that story too. The way you got jobs, I, I say this because you never know who knows who and you never know. No. A, a part of leadership is, is listening and being available and just going and meeting people that you don't know what they're going to do for you. So you said you had the buddy who knew the guy who ran limited, right? So you met, met him and then he got you an interview with the guys that, or I don't know if it was in that conversation, but I remember you talking about them asking you if you were going to go work for the competitors or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, tell, yeah, tell that story. So, yeah, so they, it was a great conversation. We hit it off. We, we shared some similar values, but there wasn't a job. There was, right. there was no, there was no job. And he, he, we shook hands and I left actually. And he called, he called me later that evening or the following day, very soon after I met him and said, I've been thinking about our meeting, really enjoyed it. But so let me ask you a question. If I don't give you a job, who are you going to go and work for? And I jokingly said, Manchester City, Liverpool, Everton, picking somebody fairly close right. geographically. And he said, hmm, hmm. That's what concerns me. That's what concerns me. <laughs> I said, okay. And he said, could, could you come back on Monday, the following week, after the following weekend, could you back on Monday? Uh, I'd like you to meet a few other people in the business. So I did. I went back on the Monday, expecting to meet him and another couple of people for a coffee. Yeah. And I walk in this room and there's nine people sat on a boardroom table and, and the board are there on a Monday morning. And... I'm, I recognize a couple of them, a couple of famous people on the board and I'm sat there going, Oh my. (laughs) And they said, listen, we've had a conversation over the weekend, which is great. I mean, look at it. Think about it now. Right. Then at the time I was like, okay, now I'm thinking the board spoke about this job over the weekend. That that was, you know, that's pretty important. That's That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, I'm I'm on a board. I run a board now. You you get anything out of us over the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) I'm not even answering my phone. That's right. Um, so, so yeah, so, so we, we, we've had this conversation and, and we, we, we put together a position and, and we'd, we'd like you to consider it. And listen, it, it was the consideration lasted 0.4 seconds. Right. Uh, I'm in, I'm in the gang. Let's do it. Let, let's, 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 let's get on with it. And it was amazing. You know, I, I got to do some great stuff, traveled on a plane with the, with the players to away games. Funny enough, not name dropping, but I just bumped into Real Ferdinand in Manchester this afternoon. And we were just talking about two stories where, he he we were playing into Milan in a really important game in the Champions League, and his back was so bad that he stood up on the plane the whole way there. Because if he sat down, he would seize up. Hmm. And I remember stood at the back. I've just gone to the to the toilet, and then he stood up at the back and everything all right. Yeah, I'm not gonna sit down if I do. And the, every now and again, the masseuse would come over and give him a little rub mm-hmm. and put some heat rub on his back. And I'm thinking, this guy's preparing for a Champions League game. No one knows this. The fans don't know this, right. you know. And then he's having to stand up on a what was probably I don't know two and a half hour flight right. um, to into Milan just to play in that game. He couldn't sit down, and yeah, and, right. and had a great game. And, and you know, and Real Ferdinand, one of the best, one of the best defenders yeah. 
in, in in the country, if not in Europe, it's time. And and I was privileged to get to get to do that and and visit the training ground and 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 still do know some of the the players now from that time. You know, it's lovely to. Bump. I, I was in town in the middle of town, and he's walked past me and hey Phil, how you doing? And, you know, a little bit of non monetary value. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to have that, and it's also nice to think that he could do that and didn't think, oh, that's that idiot that uh, that used to work at Man United. I must have, I must have done some things good uh, with, with with him. Anyway, long, moving on, I, that that job became uh, a thirteen man team in the end. The the client relationship team uh, was became a thirteen person department, and is now a, a ninety two million pound revenue source for the club. It's it's, it's yeah. probably more, probably more now. Last time I checked, they were generating ninety two million a season in incoming funds at United. So a very important role, a very Absolutely. important job, now an important department at, at, at the club. Well, um, I, I wish I would have known you when I went back to Old Trafford in March of nineteen because I actually went to the game through one of those hospitality packages that you created they weren't cheap and Mm -hmm. uh, you know and now i feel like if i would have known you i I, you could have gotten me a deal you could have got me like five percent off or something you know i don't know ten percent more yeah oh maybe maybe (laughs) that's true that's true you would have had the yeah you would have made some money on the deal probably yeah that's maybe it's a good thing i didn't call it friendship tax exactly exactly (laughs) because i get to hang out with you because we might see rio ferdinand in the street in manchester so you never know so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so that I mean, I love that job, and and I, I would have stayed. And it's funny, I don't know, don't know where that would have gone. I would have stayed. And and this is a topic to we can bring back into into the fray. Is I sat down with with Michael Bolingbroke, who went on to become coincidentally the CEO of Inter Milan after that job. Hmm. Um, I just mentioned them in a previous story, mm-hmm. but and I sat down with Michael and I said, "Listen, I've done this job for a few years now, and." It, 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 it kind of runs itself. Uh, we put the right ethos into it. That everyone understands it. The team all get it. There's processes in place and it, it's, it works. I'm looking for the next thing now. What's the next thing? And he said, well, listen, you report into the board. The next step is, is the board. Yeah. And he said, you're, you're way too young. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have enough scars. You, you need, and I won't, I won't use exact words in case this is aired at a, a time when other people are listening, but he said to me, in order to come back here at that level, you need to go away. You need to find yourself in a boardroom where you lose arguments and you get the SHIT kicked out of you mm-hmm. verbally. You then need to get those scars, understand how to fight your corner in a boardroom, and then you need to win some fights in a boardroom. And then and only then can you come back at that level. And at the time, I'm thinking, what does he mean? And, and you know, what, what is he talking about? And, and I did. I went away and, 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 I, and, I, and I worked at a couple of companies where I was at board level. And not everybody's your friend. Mm-hmm. Not everybody in the boardroom is your friend. There are people that might want your job. There are people that want to get ahead of you. There are people that are looking for pay rises. There are people with personal agendas sometimes. And, and, and you'll never understand what they are and why they exist. And that is that is the working environment. And in, at a board level, I do believe it's a dog-eat-dog sort of world. It's certainly in the businesses I were working in. You had to know your numbers, know your figures. If you stuck your hand up to, to question something, you, you better get it right. Um, and, and I understood it, but only years later, I understood what he meant by get some scars in a boardroom. Mm. And so, yeah, I, I, I get it. And, and, and I worked with a couple of great companies post Man United. I then went a bit freelance and decided to be a renegade for hire, working with new brands, specifically in the Northwest, a lot of restaurants, a lot of bars, and helping them penetrate the market. I ended up finding myself at Melia Hotel, Spain's largest hotel group. Very, very great, big company run by a family, still run by uh, Gabriel Escarar and his, his father. And that was fantastic. Love working for Melia. Uh, a lot of traveling had a child at the time, only less than one, and found myself missing out on, on little things. I said this to someone earlier today. I would, I would come back from a trip and my little girl would be able to colour in the lines and not smudge over the lines. I, mm-hmm. Oh, my God, look at this. She's colouring in the lines. And my partner would say, she'd been doing that for four weeks. Mm. And she'd, you know, she'd develop a new word or understand what was going on on the TV and point and say a word. Oh, my God, look, she recognises Peppa Pig. Mm-hmm. And she, they, uh, she recognized her three weeks ago. Yeah. And I realized that I was losing out on this wonderful little person's development for the sake of, of, of a job 
and that work-life balance was wrong. So yeah. I, I stopped working for Melia purely because I wanted to see my little girl grow up. And, and that that's an interesting lesson to learn. When do you stop chasing the dollars and, and realize what the important things are in life? And that was a bit of a shock for me, that one. That what Nobody told me about that. That just mm-hmm. happened on a random Thursday evening. I, that hit me like a, a truck, to be honest with you. Yeah, and that's it. I changed. I changed. I worked more domestic, and 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 now I find myself owning uh, and, and co-running a uh, non-league soccer team down in in level six, division six of of the English pyramid, as you mentioned before, and also working in in tech specifically for large sports stadiums and arenas. That's what I'm currently mm-hmm. finding my my daily work, and as you mentioned, also I acquired along with a friend of mine, the rights to Nerf in the UK, Europe and the Middle East. During lockdown, I did a deal with Hasbro to obtain those rights. And we're, we're launching a whole series of products in, in the UK at the moment, and then we'll take it further out. And that's pretty much a life. That's it. There it is. Well, and the Nerf thing, if you're in Manchester, or if you're visiting Manchester, you need something to do between, you know, games or whatever. And and you you want to go and just battle with people? You can do like Nerf battle, Nerf war yeah. in this new facility. That is it. Is it open yet, or is open it in September? Open in September. So wait till September. Catch, catch a couple matches. Oh, you said let's open create, or it's open? A, let's create a, a let's create a code or a password from people who listen to this podcast, and they can they can get in at half price or something like that. H S E L fifty. There we go. There we there go. Make, go. That, make that a thing. Because because you have HS HSEL fifty, you have the the cashless you know payment systems that you're working with. So that's what you're doing now, right? So that that's that's this idea that we're just gonna cross market everything here. That that's what Amazing. we do. So that's a, this is one of the first. By the way, that's a big sponsorship. So you just you just committed to all kinds of cash for that. So Let's we do can it. do it on the cashless system that we're going to create. You know, for you this. know it's nine thirty p.m. and I'm so drunk right now. I don't know. <laughs> not true, folks. For the kids listening out there, he is not. And um, I'm drinking apple juice. Yeah, I promise. As far as I know, and you know, he's not. So that's good. <laughs> that's good. All right. Hey, I want to go back and talk about that. You said we'll come back to. It. I do want to talk about that. So you talk about the the board and he talks about this idea of scars, right? Like in in I think in leadership too, right? Any anything in leadership, to be a great leader, you gotta be a great follower. To be a great leader, you have to fail. If you're if you're not failing, you're not learning, right? All these ideas that we hear, how many of those and what what lessons did you take from your playing days into the Yankees? Manchester United, the board, these things that you're doing now, how many of the things, how much of what you're doing now is colored by you playing and learning on the pitch? Great question. And, and so many, I'm trying to, I'm trying to literally hold one as they fly, fly past my Yeah, just a couple, two or three that pop in your head. Um, there was a, there was a great, a great coach, or still is a great coach in Sheffield, where I'm originally from. And he was coaching at Sheffield United and I had the fortunate uh, to spend a couple of seasons in, in his care. And he would tell players, especially wingers, wide players, go beat the fullback, go beat him. That's the job. Get behind the fullback, deliver the ball. Don't, don't, don't deliver it too early. I want, it, I want, I want the, the 1v1 success and then I want the ball whipped in. And I remember there being one guy, his name was Ryan, and he was a really good kid. And he was at my, in my age group, but he got called up uh, to play in the first, first team. Mm. And it was his debut. And all night long, he was running at this fullback and failing. And I mean, falling over, kicking the ball out of play, getting tackled. And I remember the coach, I remember the coach just saying, keep going, keep doing it. And some of the teammates were getting frustrated. And, you oh, know, don't even give him the ball. You know, like, we're getting no success down that side. But the manager kept insisting, play the ball out wide, play the ball out, keep going, keep going, keep going. And it was 1-1 with about four or five minutes to go. I don't remember the board going up, but there's four or five minutes left to go. Games hitting the final whistle and he beats the fullback. The guy slipped. It's a little bit wet. He just slipped and he beat him and he crossed the ball in and they scored and won 2-1. And I remember after... That this this the the look on that kid's face the 
the belief that he'd now got in himself. He'd just gone from being a very good footballer to being a very good footballer with an understanding of what he could achieve, what was possible. I bet he felt 10 feet tall. Mm-hmm. You know, his teammates now adore him. And, and you know, you look at the coach on the sideline, who just does this. Yeah. He knew. He knew. And and as a coach, the hairs on the next time I'm telling that because I, 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 co- I coached after playing. And as a coach, if you can implement something, a system, a style of play, a technique, a skill, and then see that in action on the big show, that's the holy grail. Mm-hmm. You've done it. Mm-hmm. And I remember that lesson of, what it was about don't give up and, and, and believe in yourself and eventually it'll come. You know, that guy went on playing in the first team for a long more times. And and you know what? It didn't take him all game to beat that fullback anymore because he believed more in himself. Yeah. But it, it took someone else to, the Australians call it pump your tires up. Mm. All right. Yeah. It took someone a bit of time to pump up the tires. Yeah. Right. And, and once his tires were pumped up, the kid was unstoppable. Mm-hmm. He always he always had that in him. He just needed yeah. that that belief, right? He needed that or someone else to believe in him, maybe. Right, and um, he needed the the and it's 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 kind of a, a backwards thing a little bit, but it, it this idea that when you fail, and and the the coach the manager still has faith in you and tells you to keep doing right. it, right. that gives you a confidence and the freedom to fail, right? right? Right. If he didn't give him that freedom to fail, he could have pulled him after two minutes right. and said, you're done. You're Listen, back. That goes back to Bolingbroke saying to me, mm-hmm. you need to go and make some mistakes. Yep. We don't want you making any mistakes here, right? right? But you need to go some lower level boardroom, mm-hmm. get something wrong, get, 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 make the mistake, fall right. over, get, you know, get, be berated by somebody, deal with it and go again. Yeah. And it's the same. I didn't even think about the link and the connection there, but he was telling me, you need to go and fall over and make some mistakes and beat some fullbacks in the boardroom, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, and I, I always I always take that coach. It's quite funny. I, I didn't like that coach when I first started playing for him. I used to think he was picking on me at one stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name's Kevin Fogg. And you know what? I'll, I will, I'll send him a link to this so he can, he can know that I'd really value his time now. Yeah. But Kevin, Kevin Fogg would, would, I thought, was picking on me. Why is he picking on me? Why is, that, why is he focusing on me? And it wasn't until two or three seasons later, I realized he wasn't picking on me. He was trying to push me to my potential. He's trying to right. find where, where are my buttons? Everyone's got different buttons to press. Some people need a hug. Some people need a, a yell. Some people need showing, telling. You know, there's so many different ways of learning. I, I think I need, I need to do it first before I can learn. You can tell me it doesn't go in. Right. I need to, I need to, right. Well, I need to go and do it. And then I go, oh, right. Yeah, I get it. You do this. Okay. I understand it. And, and I think there's, there's always been those three ways of learning visual, verbal, and, and actually doing it. Uh, and, and once I'd gone through Kevin's program and, and understood why he did things, I then realized he was the best coach I ever had. Mm. He made me the best person I could ever be. Yeah. That's his job done. Tick onto the next one. That's right. So, when yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. no. I was just going to say I, I really value Kevin and, 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 and even some of the stuff that he taught me there. Like you said, I, I still have it in my brain now. Absolutely. And you're using it. And, and I look at, I'm just thinking of this idea that you, some people would think you're nuts for, <laughs> you had this job at Manchester United. It's like yeah. the, the top of the pyramid, literally the English pyramid and every pyramid in, in global football especially when you're talking about the business side of it and the marketing of it. But he says, hey, if you really want to get to that next level, you need to actually st- take a step back in most people's book to be able to go forward, right? Which is an incredible leadership principle, right? And also one that y- you don't like to hear that. No, of course not. But think about the kids going on loan. I just watched uh, Garner the other day playing for Nottingham Forest, right? He's still in the FA Cup. United's not, interestingly, yeah. which is who would have who bet on that, right? But, <laughs> but the point being... This is a kid who was, you know, one of the jewels of the academy. Great player. Yep. Yep. And they say, I imagine when they bring him in and say, "Hey, you're not going first team. We're going. You're going on loan to Nottingham Forest." He's like, "Soul destroying. Soul destroying." Yeah, he's like, "Ugh." Right. But and, and I still believe players at that level, even today, don't get the value and the positive. What, right. This is actually positive, and here's why. And, but I think they've got to go and do it. To they realize. have to. And, they, and they, I think the fact that they're, 
that's the that's the way that these guys have seen to develop your youth. You got to get on the fit pitch and you got to make mistakes and you got to play, but you're not ready to play at this level yet, but you very well might be. And that's what yeah. he's saying to you. Like, I don't know that you're going to be able to play at this level or to be able to lead at this level, yeah. yep. but you'll never know if you don't go do it somewhere else. Hey, a great and a great example to bring that back into my my own world and my own understanding is that we had a we had a player um, come to us from Sunderland on loan to to Osset. This is the the club that I'm uh, one of the administrators of, and he came to us from Sunderland and it was a season Sunderland were getting relegated out of the Championship, so they knew they were going to League One. Big, big, big. It's on Netflix actually that year. Yeah, Sunderland until um, I die. Great. I just yeah, actually yeah. talked yeah. to somebody earlier about that dude from Sunderland. Sunderland. I'm right. like, wait, right. Anyway. And, and 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 that season, there's a player, and there's actually a scene where it's snowing, and these academy kids are throwing a snowball at the first team players. The kid that one of the kids that threw the snowball in the Netflix production is a guy called Jacob Young. Jacob Young um, was the captain of the Australian under 18s national side. Mm-hmm. He was the captain of the under 18s Sunderland development youth side, and Sunderland are heading into the abyss, right? Yeah. Yep. And they decide that all our players at 18, 19 years old are either going to play next season in League One, and that's how they're going to save money, yep. or they're going to sell them, and that's how they're going to make money. Mm-hmm. And so they sent out their entire under 18 squad out. Let's get let's see, let's see what they can do out in the world because they're currently playing on lovely grass, lovely facilities against other 18-year-olds. And everything's take a touch, have a look around, have another touch. Oh, you know what? I'll pass it to you. Give it me back. I'll pass it to you. It's nice, yeah. right? That's not soccer in the Premier League. That's that's certainly not soccer in League One. <laughs> right, right, right. Soccer, soccer in League One is you put your gum shield in because it's going to be a rough ride. That's right. right. That's right. So, so this young kid turned up at our club and we were playing away in Manchester, a tough, tough team called Mosley. You don't get, you don't win many games at Mosley. They're just, a, just, just a good side. And he played, and he was like a rabbit in the headlights. This, we were three-one down at halftime. This kid, he's having a, he's the ball's coming to him, right? He's having a first touch, and from nowhere, bang! Yeah, someone cranks he's, him. He's, he's out. He's in the stand. Yeah. Right. Next minute, he's going up to win a header. The guy, boom, in his rib cage. Thank you very much. I'm off this way. Yeah. He's, he's winded. I saw him defend a corner without looking. One, one of the opposing players, little chop in the Adam's apple. He's, at, he's gone like this. Ball's coming. Header, goal. He, he's just, he's 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 an under-18 academy player. Yeah, he's right. Nice. So we got we brought him off at halftime. We're 3-1 down. We ended up winning the game 4-3. Very, very good game. We, we shouldn't have won the game, but we did. We won uh-huh. 4-3. And Jacob learned a tough lesson and it took him three or four weeks. He stayed with us for four months. And on the last game of the season, he marked the league's top goal scorer and won man of the match for preventing him from scoring. Mm. And Sunderland decided he wasn't to play in League One. They were going to sell him. And they sold him to Wolfsburg for 1.4 million. And he ended playing Bundesliga the next year. Wow. So he he came and the bow that was missing to, to the string that was missing to his bow was not everywhere's rainbows and butterflies. There are times when you've just got to move that ball, move it on, move yeah. it on. And and you know, again, a message from Kevin Fogg, he always said, you should know what you're gonna do with that ball before you get it. There should be mm-hmm. some sort of idea. You know what? I'm gonna cross field pass. You know what? I'm gonna lay it yeah. back to the goalkeeper. You know what? I'm gonna play it down the line. If I get it, what if, what if, what if, what if? He didn't have that what if. Yeah. He didn't he didn't decide what to do until he got the ball. Yeah. It's and then he'd late. look up, bam, see yep. you later. It's too late. He developed that and, and he went on and played. And so yeah, I don't I think again the same same understanding of soccer and, and the boardroom is that to, in order to go forwards, people have got to go and experience this go on loan, go to a smaller environment, become a bigger fish in that smaller pool, understand yourself, find out who you are. Yep. Yep. Are, are you able to walk into a boardroom and kick some ass? Or mm-hmm. are you the guy that goes in a boardroom and smiles and nods and says yes because I don't want to no conflict? Right. You don't want to rock the boat. You, you won't be in that boardroom very long uh, unless you're agreeing with the top guy. And the top right. guy don't you don't want yes men all the time. 
That's right. So, so yeah, so I, I did that. I, I, I went in a few boardrooms and, and believe me, got, uh, got a few scores, lost a, a bit of hair. Yeah. Um, and, and, and loved it. I'm not yet back at the border. There's a pathway. I'm sure that I could potentially get, get somewhere close to it. I'm not there yet, but, but don't never say never. Well, what we've learned from your background is if you're meant to be there, you're going to get there. Right. Because, you know, you, you tend to have that. One of the things you just said, I mean, it, it reminded me of uh, just a couple of days ago in my practice with a high school uh, girl and, and she was receiving the ball. She's a striker. She received the ball. What she didn't know was behind her was about 20 yards, 20 meters in your, in your neck of the woods of just open green well, on our right. field. It's blue right. turf, but whatever. It's still green into me. And she didn't even look over her shoulder. She didn't check for the space. And I just looked at her and I said, especially as a striker, but if, I don't care what position you're playing, but you got to know that's there. Yeah. Right. It's and, a, yeah. and I think that that's a great life lesson for us too, right? Totally. You need to know what's around you and you got to know where's who you are. Where's, where's, where's the success? Right. Where, exactly. If you're not uh, eyes open, you wouldn't have seen that. Yankees thing. You would have been like, no, it's, it's an internship. Forget it. I'm going to spend this summer on the beach. Thank you right. very much. Exactly. And a lot of people do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Going to Manchester. Well, I, I don't have time. I'm not going to, what, what's it going to do for me? Right. Why right. would I go to that meeting? You know? Yeah. And then he says, you don't know, there's no jobs and okay. All right. Well then I'm done. You know? Uh, yeah. You know you what? Don't, I, I, you're bringing out and I bringing out a mantra. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm talking with a thing. Um, yeah. You're bringing out a mantra in me that I've not talked about, you know, go, go to that meeting. Yep. Put the tie on, get up early, go, go to that meeting, go and do it. Because the worst thing is you, you're back where you started earlier sure. in the day. And the you met someone thing, new. The best thing is you're working at one of the biggest sports franchises on the planet. Yep. Right. And there's something I saw something the other day on, on, on Instagram. I like all these uh, sayings and, and there's one, I think it's called the founder. I think it's called on, on Instagram. And it said, having no money is tough. Making lots of money is tough. Choose your tough. Mm. Mm. Right. And, and, and that sat with me for a few days that has, you know, it's it, 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 sit on the couch, Watch the extra Netflix episode, play on FIFA on, on the PlayStation and, and, and be where you are or, or don't put it yeah. down. Go, go, go and go and find the opportunities, go, get off the couch, yeah. knock on the door, go to the meeting, you know, and, and it'll happen. It will. It will happen. Um, there's nobody that unlucky that, that they've been to all the meetings and nothing has come out of it. Nothing. That's, that's, right. not, that's not possible. Something will, will happen. And, and, I, and I, I do believe, I do believe in, rubbing shoulders of the right people, put yourself in the right environment. Again, another Instagram silly quote a bit about if, you know, if, if your circle of friends are not talking about positivity and, and, and progression and, and being good and helping each other, then you're in the wrong circle of friends. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I've managed to build a good circle of friends and I, I, you know, I do count you in that circle now, Phil, but I've got a good circle of friends who, who will push me and challenge me and, and help me and, but also ask for help too. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and I'm very happy in a good space, man, in a good space right now. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that reminds me too of don't say no for them. No. Right. Too many people pre-fail and go, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to, right. Or I don't have what it takes. You, you could have easily said, I don't have qualifications for anything. When he said, hey, you want to take this for the year? When I'm going on sabbatical, you could have been like, bro, I'm 23 and I'm from the UK. I don't even know baseball. I don't even know what, what these rules are, right? Like you could have had all these reasons why it doesn't make there sense. Because you know what? It didn't make sense. No. Right? And a lot of times the next move doesn't make sense. In, in if we went and put everything on paper, you'd have all these reasons why it doesn't make sense. But you know what? You got the opportunity. So again, if you have that freedom to fail, if you have that ability to have a trust, but that does take an understanding of who you are. And I think this goes, it goes back to the, you know, the premise of this show on the field, you got to play to know your strengths. Yeah. Yeah. If you never step on the field to play, you don't know what and you can I, do or can't do. And I think it comes back to that coach. It's all right to fail. Mm -hmm. Fine. It's fine. Yep. You know, the, the champion is that guy that just failed one less time than you. 
You know, he, he, he tried it one more time than you did because, mm. yeah, you know, again, there's more coming out of this in my brain as they're talking. But you know, you know, in in business, go. It's all right. Get get something wrong. We go back to this boardroom thing. Go and get the scars. Go and fall out of people. Go make the wrong decision. It's the same again. Go, what's the worst thing that would really, really happen? It's not that bad. I think our lives are all made of moments, right? And the moment that you're in won't be, it's not a fixed point. You're not stuck in that moment forever. It'll pass. That's right. right? So so don't get too caught up on that moment. And, and likewise, the happy and amazing moment will also pass. So don't yeah. don't don't be too don't be too vain about that or celebrate that too much because that good moment will pass too. That's but right. Find the next moment and go. And, and the worst thing that can happen is you go, yeah, I probably won't do that again. Yeah. Now now you're a stronger person. That's right. We had a penalty kick shootout in our crosstown rivalry, and a couple girls, three girls actually, stepped up and missed. We lost. We okay. showed up in our in. Uh, it was a Saturday night, Monday afternoon. We had a game on Tuesday. and We get in there Monday afternoon. I said, hey, I won't say the name. Hey, uh, penalty kick taker number one. Did you wake up on Sunday morning? She says, yeah. She's kind of confused. I look at the next girl. I go, did you wake up on Sunday morning? She's like, yeah. And third one, same thing. And, and they're like, what? I go, look, you missed. Move on. It happens. It's not the end of the world. You're still breathing. You're still living. You can use it as a learning experience. And you know what? Next time you have a peak take a shootout, step up to take the next one. There you go. Right? Yeah. And, and be the and first again, to put your hand up and go, let's go again. Come on. If you don't take it, you already missed. I mean, that, like, you'll, you'll part the of the problem we had is no one raised their hand to take it. Right. And I said, that is what I have a problem with. Not that they missed. I have a problem that our team didn't have the confidence to say, Hey, I want to take one right now. Let's go. And I think that that, again, goes to not knowing yourself, being afraid of what others are thinking, all these other things that we pre-fail. We say, oh, I'm not going to make it. If you walk up saying you're not going to make it, you're not going to make it. If you walk in an interview saying, I'm, I'm not going to, there's no way I'm going to get this job, you won't get the job because that will shine through. And, you know, so what how- if, What if you were doing what that coach said? What if you were thinking, what if, what if, mm -hmm. what if, what if I did? Right. What if I did? What if there's a chance here? And, and, and they want to talk to me and I talk, I talk openly and freely and yes, I'm interested and this is me. And they might go, yeah, we want you. Yep. Yeah, there's every chance that will happen. And are you ready for it? And you know what, even if, you, yeah. And if, even if inside your head, you're still doubting yourself by doing that job. And this is, this is the job with, with, with Cashman, but by doing the job, you learn, learn, you learn, and yeah. you, you you adapt, and you, you understand, and you 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 understand. You start acquiring knowledge and uh, putting things into play, and all of a sudden, you look back three months down the line and going, "Whoa, I'm doing it!" Yeah, absolutely. And you go find any, and I, and I, and I could name ten now, and, and and shame some of them. Go and find any CEO of some business, and any any chief operating officer, managing director. There's a time in their career when they flagged it. They they just said. All right, I'll do that. All right, I want yep. to do it. And they weren't sure. They weren't sure about themselves. They did doubt themselves, but they did it and they got the paycheck and they learned the job and they understand it. And now they're doing fine. That's right. And they've got a lovely house and a nice car and a pool. And, and But there was a time when they all sat there going, I'm not sure I could do this. Right. Yep. We've all well, been there. I, I'm saying do it. Do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, last episode, I mean, folks, if you go back and listen to last episode, Jay Demerit. That's his story. If you, if you go listen to the, if you don't know the story, go listen to the last episode, go watch Rise and Shine, his documentary on his life. But that was his story in college. The college coach said, hey, do you play defender? He says, never played center back, but I played basketball. So can't be that much different with the <laughs> movements. And so, sure, I'll play. Second year of college. And he was always a striker. But he said, sure, I'll go. I'll try it. He ended up being, you know, spoiler alert, Watford center back Nash, yeah, US national team center back all these different things the story on how he got there is a similar deal it's a totally different story but the similar idea of yeah you got to work really hard and you got to be ready to, to you got to be ready for the moment you got to not be afraid to fail because if you're afraid to fail you're going to fail yeah yeah and you I know what and if you're not afraid to get fail you're going to fail how do you respond to the failure and that's the key so fail. I'm telling people go fail go yeah, and absolutely go and understand what it feels like to get it wrong Go and go and go and feel what those girls felt like the next day after missing those penalty kicks. Take that feeling, understand it, 
and then use that to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can to try and not feel that again, but right. use that, use that experience. Don't, don't be ashamed of it. Don't shy away from it. If anything, welcome it, welcome mm-hmm. that challenge and, and don't try and fail, obviously, but yeah. if you do, it's okay. It's totally right. fine to fail. That's right. That's like, if you go skiing and you're like, I didn't fall all day and you're like, then you weren't trying hard enough. You're right. What we do is just looking. You just, yeah. yeah. You're not going for the jumps. You're not going for the moguls. You're not going for these different things, right? It's the same idea. So, all right. We have a little bit longer. Um, we could go on for days, as you can well, imagine, you're gonna re- folks. So man, that all right then was like pre-revelation all yes, right. I know. Or, I, it's going to lead into like, we're going to do a quiz. There's a free giveaway. Yeah. Uh, you're going to give your car away to one of the listeners. It was, I'm sure that's what you said you're going to do anyway. But um, that's what that all right did just then. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. We're, we're, we're going to move into something like that. Something like that. It, it, it's, it's different type of gold, different type of giveaway. Cause we're going to hear from you. What is, what is your kind of why, what's your purpose statement? What, what is what you're driving toward every day when you wake up? Uh, it's, it's, this is turning into therapy. No, pretty much. Yeah. It's okay. a question. If you don't know this, we got to work on it. No, no, no. My, my, what is my why? I don't know if I can process that question enough. What is my why? I, I, whether it's a blessing or a curse, I am a people pleaser. Hmm. And therefore, I, I set my targets and my goals to make either the client I'm working for or with or somebody else in my corporation happy through projects, successful project management, g- gaining more revenue is, a, is an easy one to say. So my, I, I think it's a blessing and a, and a curse at the same time. I waking up every day wanting to make the people in my circle happy. And it, and it, and it doesn't always work. I fail. I fail sometimes. I, I, I get it wrong. I, and, and, and here's, here's what a horrible byproduct of wanting to be that person, a really horrible byproduct of wanting to always please people is that along the way you will let someone down mm-hmm. because you can't please everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm a yes man. Yes, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll sort that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you look at the diary and you've put three meetings in at 10 a.m. Well, two of them are going to lose. Yeah. You're only meeting one. So I, that's my blessing and my curse. My my why is I like to please everybody. My weakness is I can't. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's a bit of therapy for you. Yeah, we just that's a good segue into my next question, which it, it's actually the last episode we did. The last how Ted Lasso explains leadership episode was episodes nine and ten. We talked about that where Ted also similar to you and me, he's a people. He likes he's a people guy, right. and he didn't want to bench Roy. Right. And because he knew he'd be letting him down. But if he did, if he didn't bench Roy, he'd be letting other people down. Right. And so on the pitch, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're, you know, the, the attacking midfielder and you have both wingers on the outside calling for the ball, you know, either you're going to take it in and shoot, you're going to not make either of them happy. You're going to pass it to one and make the other one unhappy or, you know, yeah. pass the other guy. And so that that's just life. But with that, you know, we have our drivers, we have our filters that we need to put things through. And so that's something that is, is critical for us to understand ourselves and, and our struggle for that and to surround ourselves with other people who will, will help us understand, look, you're not going to make this person happy, but that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's the, that's the rub is that we aren't, we can't make everyone happy all the time. We can't please everyone all the time. It, you I um, can't. I can't go into the detail of this, but yesterday I, I had a, a crossroads decision in business to make and the right thing to do was to, was to pull, pull the plug on, on, a, on a project because it wasn't going to be the one we all want. And I could see it and everybody else could see it, but Dent raise the flag or fire the flare into the sky and say, this is not, this is not working. It's not working. I, I can see a lot of money going to this and it failing. And, and a lot of money would have gone into it and, it and it would have failed. And so not easy to pull the plug on that and do that, but the right thing, the right thing to do. And that comes out of reading a book that I read on, on vacation a couple of years ago. It's a swear word. So I can't repeat the name of the book. So we'll call it the art of not 
caring is what we yes. call it. I, I think we know the book. Yeah. So okay. yes. And and that book isn't actually about not caring. Mm-hmm. It's about caring about the things worth caring about. Right. And and prioritizing, understanding that you cannot please everybody, and understanding mm-hmm. that if you do the right thing, and and you stay true to your beliefs then you you are you are doing the right thing and and I, and I've taken from that book that that that's why I made that decision yesterday Phil of 5 years ago no no let's do it let's do it let's right. do it no problem no problem and we hit a brick wall and we spent too much cash and it's not worked and we all spend a few weeks licking our wounds mm-hmm. I've just saved the company quite a bit of cash a lot of time we move on to the next project yeah um, I wouldn't have done that I wouldn't have done that pre that book you know yeah and that's what it is. It's learning. It's continually learning. It's continually, that's why leaders are learners, right? If we're, if we're going to be leading anyone, if we're going to be Forever. doing anything of value, you got to be learning and growing and innovating and taking initiative to, to be able to move forward. All right. So I was really wanting to go into talking about Ted Lasso, but you know what? I'm going to get you back on and we're going to just do a whole show talking with you about Ted Lasso so you can you know, prepare for that. I'm due, you know, I'm due to watch it again. Yeah. I need to watch it again. Um, uh, it's on, it's not on regular TV in the UK. You have to subscribe to some some platform and, and get it. But I'm going to do it if it's worth, it's a worthy cause. And you yeah. know what? It, it, it's such a feel good show. There's so many lessons in that, not just from Ted, but, you know, yeah. Coach Beard. There's some great lessons on, from, on Coach Beard as well. Mm-hmm. And, and the players and the, and the, and the chair, the chairwoman. Yeah. Um, so let's do it. Let's. I'd, I'd love to do that. We'll do that. We'll do that a different time. We'll we'll have some fun with that because that you know that is how we connected. It was this this strange dude from England showed up on a clubhouse room that I don't think either of us have been on clubhouse probably in a year, but we went on at the right time at the right yep. time in history. Again, fortuitous. The Phils go. got together, and you know, for better or worse, I don't know. We'll see. Walk through the door, go in yeah. the room, and have a look. Exactly. You never know what might happen. You never know what might happen. This podcast never would have happened. This episode. So, folks, you know, just see, go through that door. Go take the meeting. Right. All right. Yeah. Two more questions. We ask these of everybody. So, what lesson learned directly from the game of soccer have you used in your parenting? My parent. All right, great. My parenting. I have a six. I have a six-year-old. Yeah, uh, I know. She spends all the time trying to make me laugh, which and she's is cuter great. than you, so that's good. Yeah, it's not too difficult. Yeah, it's she, a low bar, but that's like my bar I have with my kids. So, um, you know, in fact, I think she's on almost every photograph there. Yeah. Um, what? What do I take? Oh, what, this is on the spot. What do I? What do I take into parenting from from this from the past from soccer? I take. We're going to end up on the same topic. I take about telling her, so you're all right to get things wrong. You were allowed to get things wrong. We, we're doing, we're doing a lot of mathematics at the moment, and she's 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 struggling at some of it, not of all of it. Mm-hmm. And you know, she'll she'll put she'll put, and she's six, but you know, she'll she'll do one hundred, add fifty is one hundred five. Mm-hmm. I can see how she probably got there, but it's wrong. Right, and, and I'll tell her, listen, that's wrong, and I can see the bottom lip going, and, and oh, I'm, I've, I've done something wrong, and, and, and this is a bad thing, and I'm and I'm giving her this information now. No, it's okay, and now we're going to go through it, and maybe you're like me, you need to do it to understand it. She's been shown it by a teacher, and then taught, but she needs to go and do it. So come on, let's get out the sticks and let's let's count. 150 matchsticks is a lot of matchsticks, yeah. but let's count together. And what have you got left? And there's a hundred there and there's 50 there. And okay, there's a hundred and oh, there's 150. Amazing. Right. Right. Now let's try it with 250. Oh, there's 250. Yes. Good. You got it. So get things wrong. And we, we seem to have a running, we have a running title, a running theme now is it's all right. Get things wrong. Yeah. I You almost welcome it sometimes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a, parent, that's a parent thing. And that's, that comes in the, in the garden, you know, it's all right to, you know, get on the swings and, 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 you know, try, try things. I'm not saying be a, be a renegade, but if you, if you mess up, own it, own the fact you've messed up and we move on. That's no problem. That's right. Just folks, for those of you who don't know the Queens English, the garden would be the backyard, which is why <laughs> there are swings in the garden. So that's, right. that's like, that's you right. know, 
the boot is the trunk, you know, all these different things. So we'll, you, we'll uh, go through that. We'll have another drive on episode. the parkway and yeah. park in the driveway. Don't exactly. You? We do a lot of things like that in the U S so we will, we'll have a whole episode on the Queens English as well with Phil Smith. <laughs> it will be a fun, a fun episode. Yeah. For this side of the pond. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that anybody cares. So I don't think we'd have anyone listening. One of the questions I used to get asked when I first went to Adelphi university on Long Island and they, they, the people, this was new English people were new. And they say, uh, do, do, did you know Princess Diana? <laughs> and I said, well, no, but my mum does yoga with her. <laughs> oh, said, oh, my God, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so sad, that story. So sad. And, you know, the, you know, I've, how many times have you met the Queen? Never. <laughs> Never. Right, right. Oh, yeah. You know, she was she 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 she's she's uh, down right. at the local soccer park watching the grandkids play yesterday. Totally. <laughs> and I, I used funny. to love, I used to love the the naive understanding of 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 what, you know England and stuff like, and play play on it a little bit. Why not tell everybody your friends Absolutely. are the queen? <laughs> How will they ever find out? Right, um, right. So, all right. Last question: What have you read, watched, listened to that has informed your thinking on how soccer explains life and leadership? <laughs> Didn't even prep me with this question, Phil. Didn't hey. even prep. Hey, you know. What have I watched, read? What have I watched, read, or listened to? What have I watched, read, or listened to? Okay, okay, recently, recently, I watched the Formula One Netflix show, Ride or, Ride or Die, mm-hmm. Ride to Survive. Ride, ride to, to survive. survive. Drive to Survive. Ride or Die drive, is a rough idea, drive, right? Drive to Survive, I think is what it was. F1, right. F1, it's, look up F1 on Netflix here in the US. And and there there was... Uh, a big scenario. Forgive me, I don't know the names of the drivers. I, mm-hmm. I, watch I don't it either, but I've watched it. It's pretty good. So there's a number one driver, and in most teams, there's a number two driver. And unfortunately, the number two driver's remit is to make sure number one wins. Yeah. Yep. And and it was Lewis Hamilton riding for Mercedes, and I can't remember the other guy's name. Something like Bottas, maybe, or something. I can't remember his name. Yeah. And. He he was in he was in the winning position. He wanted to win. He's he's trained all his life to be a winner. And Formula One drivers can be some arrogant, but mm-hmm. when you when you're Formula One, similar to tennis and golf, it's you. Yeah. You're not in soccer. You don't have that teammate to carry you through. And no matter what you say, they've got the pit crew and everything. No, no, right. you're on your own. You're on your own. And and singular sports have a different type of animal to team sport players. I'm I'm a I'm a soccer player. I'm a team player. I want to be on a team in business. I want to yeah. be on a team in the boardroom. I want to know I've got a team around me. I, I'm not I'm not a singular player at all. So this guy trained all his life. He, 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 he driven into his DNA. Win, 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 win. And right up until he was number two at Mercedes, he had won, 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 won. So he tasted victory. And now he's going to the big show, and he's told you can't you can't win. You're not allowed to win. Right. And it was listening to the discipline plus the frustration in that guy's conversation of, I want, I want to win. I'm here to win. I want, I want to be the winner. Anyway, it, was, it became a decision to whether or not he overtook or stayed behind in a certain race and his DNA got the better of him. And he, he went, he went through and won and he took it and he got in a lot of trouble with the team and mm. that other, but he, but in the interview after he said, listen, I, I, I've been built a certain way and been told to play a certain way. You can't take that. You can't take that away from me. Once you've done that, you've built into a monster. You can't then tell a monster to shush. Yeah. Um, and, 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 I, and I, I, what I took from that is, you know, back to me, you can't you can't tell me to go away and get the scars in the boardroom. You can't tell me to go and kick the other people around and, and win and push your agenda and then and then not expect me to be that type of character. Uh, I'm a friendly guy. I want to be friends with everybody, but when it's business, when there's a decision to make, I'm going to make a decision that's right for us to win, not for me to be your friend. And that's probably the the biggest thing I've taken from it is I'm fun time Phil. I'm everybody's mate. I'm everyone's mm-hmm. mate. But there, there's something in the boardroom. You cross that white line onto a soccer field. You cross that door yeah. into the boardroom. There's something in that boardroom that's like a match day and it's like a game day. And you've got to be on your game and you've got to win. You, you, you The agenda is we're winning today. 
and that could be winning a contract it could be it could be deciding on a new department to launch it could be a new product we're playing with or we're product we're killing because it's not good enough you've got to make those decisions you've got to be tough and you've got to you've really got to do what's right for the, for the business and i think that's what i've taken is it has made me tougher it's made me a tougher person i wouldn't have done that 10 20 years ago i'd have been fun time failing in the boardroom and i'd lost yeah and the business the business would have lost yep and that, you know, that, that, is, long answer. that was a long answer, but I was thinking as I was talking. I love it. Well, that's what we do. That's what we do. So it's okay. It's, it's, it's okay. 10, it's 10 past 10 in the evening. It turns out that Glenn Crooks, who is the uh, broadcaster for NYCFC, I had him on early in the show, and he used to coach at Rutgers just down the road from Adelphi, actually, in New Jersey. Yeah. But he talked about Jose Mourinho being a big F1 uh, fan and bringing in one of the drivers to talk with his team. I forget whether it was at Chelsea or one of the other places, but he was surprised that, you know, that's who he was learning from, which was kind of crazy. He's like, I didn't think Mourinho learned from anybody. I go, right. yeah, that's not didn't either. But, but there is so much to learn from these different things that no, and I think you're the second person to bring up that F1 drive to survive on this, on this show. Great show. And it's just fantastic. The problem is, at my house, I can't watch it most of the time because I usually watch shows, you know, when everyone's gone to bed, and that show's so loud because it's, you know, the F1, you know, it, like, shakes the room, and you can't not watch it that way because that's, that's the whole point. So, you know, so anyway. But great show. I, I strongly recommend it as well. I'm not quite through it, but, you know, there's some language. There's some other stuff, but it's it, it made is really lessons cool. to learn in that show. You it's know, unbelievable. Oh, when you talked yeah. about, like, the pit, I mean, a half second is the difference in those races, right? So, like, I in the pit. I racing Formula One when I was a kid. I'm talking 10 years old. Yeah. Right? 1980, right? That, that pit change, we were absolutely astonished that they could change the wheels and refuel the car in 30 seconds. <laughs> right, right. Oh my God, watch this. And the clock would come on. Yeah. I mean, 28, 29, 30, yeah. gone. Uh, yeah. And you'd be like, oh my God, 30 yeah. seconds? Yeah. Now, now what are we talking? Two? Yeah, it's like, it's. I think it was three seconds, like legitimately three seconds. It's the insane. Clock the clock doesn't even come on now. I know. It's, yeah, it's too it's quick. It's unbelievable. Put you back up. What? How did you even do that? I can't. That guy yeah. pulled that wheel off so quick. How does that wheel stay on the car? Yeah. Well, I know a couple well, times I, they I, didn't I, tighten them enough or something, and then they come. Yeah. You know, the, the amount of fuel that must go straight through that. Fascinating show, that not just for the entertainment value, but there are some interesting lessons about self-motivation, self-preservation, play, being a team player, being an individual, being a renegade. There's loads of lessons in, in that yeah. show. And all those drivers are are in it to win it. And they, 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 it's a serious business. It's amazing. Absolutely. All right. Well, as I said, we could talk for a lot longer, but we're not going to. We're going to cut it off here now so you can get to bed. And folks out there, you can go on to do whatever else you're doing today. So thanks again, Phil, for being a part of this and uh, for your friendship and just for all that you're doing to make people happy. Good. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Very privileged to be to be involved. And thanks, everyone, for listening, if you still are here. Yeah, absolutely. All right, folks. Well, thanks again for being a part of this. Thank you for just, you know, again, being part of the conversation. I do hope that you do reach out to us. Phil at HowSoccerExplainsLeadership.com is my email. You can also join the Facebook group, How Soccer Explains Leadership, on Facebook. If you're interested in coaching the bigger game, which is the program to help you be a better leader and to lead yourself, lead your players, and lead your team, check it out, CoachingTheBiggerGame.com. And uh, if you're interested in the Warrior Way with Paul Jobson and Marcy, his wife, are uh, doing some really cool things down in Waco, Texas. If you're interested in that, check it out at JobsonSoccer.com. All right, without more from me today, I do hope that you're taking everything you're learning from this show and you're using it to help you be a better leader, be a better parent, be a better spouse, be a better just person in your community, using it to help make people happy like Phil does. And you're using it to remind you continually that soccer does explain life and leadership. Thanks a lot. Have a great week.